welcome to Straight Talk with My OBMD Podcast. Join me for a bi-weekly discussion on topics most relevant to women's health today. We are your source for medically accurate, real-world advice and all things related to your health and well-being as a woman. From menses to menopause, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Smith, a fully practicing, board-certified OBGYN physician with close to 20 years experience. I am also the founder of the website that is 100% dedicated to women's health, myobmd.org. At myobmd.org, we write in all aspects related to women's health. Listen to our podcast, visit our website, subscribe to our newsletter, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, myobmd.org. Welcome to Straight Talk with My OBMD Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS, as it's called for short. What is it? How is it diagnosed? How is it treated? What are the long-term effects for someone that has PCOS? Stay tuned, and we'll discuss all these. So our topic for today is PCOS. And first, let's start talking about what exactly is PCOS. PCOS stands for polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that's just a fancy way of saying your ovaries have a lot of cysts. And so for patients with PCOS, not only do they have a lot of cysts, they also have other things that comes along with that. It affects other parts of your body other than your ovary. So what are those things? PCOS, it's a syndrome. And so what you have is you have menstrual irregularities. And so when you have PCOS, your periods are not, do not come regularly. They come when they feel like coming. So they will come, maybe they'll, you'll have a period this month. You may not have a period again for another three months or another six months or another eight months or another 12 months. So Patients with PCOS, their periods are often, if not always, irregularly cycled. It does not cycle at the same time every month. The other thing that happens with PCOS is that you tend to have weight gain very easily. So you may find that you're overweight and this may be a lifelong chronic condition and it's just difficult to lose weight. So that's also a problem that can occur with PCOS. Other issues that can occur occur is that you have this unwanted hair growth pattern. So by that, I mean, in women, we like having hair on our head, obviously, but there are some parts of our bodies that the hair should not be, that it's undesired. And that's facial hair. So Some ladies have issues where they have excess facial hair and they need to go through procedures to have that removed or thinned out or hair between the breast or around the nipples. Other areas include hair between the belly button and the pubic area. That's another area that you can sometimes see that. Less frequently, patients can also have hair on the lower back, in the mid portion of the lower back. Now that's unusual and that doesn't happen that often, but that is also a different part 
of the body where you can have that unwanted hair growth pattern that you see in PCOS. What else can you see with PCOS? PCOS, you can see acne. So it's normal to have acne in puberty. And then as you become an adult, the acne, most patients do not have acne as adults. So acne that is occurring as an adult can sometimes be a sign of PCOS. And so that is something that you also need to be aware of if you're having the irregular cyclical pattern to your periods, as well as the unwanted hair growth pattern, acne, the weight gain, then you may want to talk to your doctor about whether you should be evaluated for PCOS. So let's talk about diagnosing. How is it diagnosed? If you feel you may have PCOS, it's important to speak with your gynecologist about whether your concerns are valid or not and whether you should be evaluated for this or not. So there are different diagnostic criterias. Thankfully, they're really not very stringent. So if you want to be evaluated for PCOS and you speak with your doctor, they're going to make a few recommendations. One is they're going to first have a conversation with you about some of the things we just discussed. They're going to take your menstrual history and determine if your periods are of an irregular pattern or not. Then they may also order an ultrasound, a pelvic ultrasound. So the pelvic ultrasound is to take a look at the ovaries to see if the ovaries show that they are polycystic, if they have a lot of cysts on them or not. And then the third criteria for the diagnosis is any signs of what's called hyperandrogenism. And basically that just means higher than normal levels of testosterone in the female body. And so we see that in different ways. You don't always have to have a blood test to determine if your androgen, your male hormone levels are high. You can determine that through your history. So for instance, the acne is a sign of hyperandrogenism, of elevated testosterone levels. Adult onset acne is one sign. The unwanted hair growth pattern is another sign of elevated testosterone levels. And so if you have those, then truly a blood test is not needed. And so once these things are completed, then your doctor will determine if you do meet the diagnostic criteria for polycystic ovarian syndrome. So why is it important to diagnose it? Why is it important to diagnose it and not just continue living with the issues of PCOS? Well, PCOS for one, it's a treatable condition. And so there is no reason to continue to, to live with something and live with the disturbances of your cycle or the unwanted hair growth pattern that may be bothersome, there's no reason to suffer through that because we do have treatment options that are available to you. The other reason that it's important to get treatment diagnosed and treated is because if PCOS remains untreated, you are actually putting yourself at risk for other medical conditions down the road. So some of those includes endometrial cancer, diabetes. 
So it's important to be diagnosed and to be treated. And I want to take a step back and talk about why you see some of the conditions that you see in in polycystic ovarian syndrome. So for instance, the irregular cycles. Why do patients with polycystic ovarian syndrome, why are their cycles so inconsistent? They just never get a period at the same time every month, and it's just never occurs on a regular pattern. Why is that? So when your ovaries have a lot of cysts on them, the cysts are normal, okay? Many, many cysts, that is more on the abnormal side, but having ovarian cysts are normal, especially in a reproductive age woman. So once you start menstruating up to when you become menopausal, it is perfectly normal to have cysts on the ovaries. If you have a lot of cysts on the ovaries, that becomes more concerning. So what happens is when you have a lot of cysts on your ovaries, the cysts are what houses or eggs, right? The eggs are in these follicles and the follicles form the cysts. And so every month, right? Let's take a step back and look at biology 101. Okay. So every month the ovary should release an egg. So the cysts, they come to the surface of the ovary, they pop open, they release an egg. If they encounter a sperm, you're become pregnant and congratulations. However, if they do not encounter a sperm, you're not pregnant and you get your period. Now, the issue in polycystic ovarian syndrome is that with these multiple, multiple cysts, the cysts, rather than being a thin wall, they become a thick wall. And so the eggs have a hard time being released. So the cysts may come to the surface of the ovary and they're trying to be released, but that thick wall is not allowing a release. And so it's not the eggs in polycystic ovarian syndrome, they're just not consistently being released because the walls of these cysts are so thick. So in order to have a period, you do have to have that egg released. And so when you're having it released inconsistently, your periods will then become inconsistent. And so it's very difficult to plan your life, maybe plan vacations because you're not sure when and if your period will come. It does start to affect your quality of life. The other issue that happens as a result of the periods becoming so inconsistent is that the lining of the uterus, the very outer lining of the uterus, of the uterine wall is what is shedded with our cycles. So if you get a cycle every month, you shed that every month. And so you get a period, typically the period is not excessively heavy. Unfortunately, with polycystic ovarian syndrome, because that's process is not taking place on a monthly basis, the lining of the uterus gets built up so thick, it's built up for so long, so that when your period does occur and it does start to shed, there's a lot. And so you're going to see that as a heavy menstrual cycle. 
So again, when you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, your eggs are just not being released as they should be every month on a very cyclical pattern, which means you are not getting your period every month on a very on a cyclical pattern, which means you are not shedding the lining of your uterus every month. The lining of the uterus therefore gets built up. It's a lot. And so the longer it builds up, the more that it has to shed when you do have your period. So if you've gone three months without a period, then that cycle will be heavy. If you've gone six months without a period, then it's going to be even heavier. So why is that a problem? That's a problem because you're now at risk for anemia. So When we have bleeding that is occurring, a large volume of bleeding occurring over a short period of time, you are putting yourself at risk for anemia. You're at risk for anemia. And so it becomes important to control that because as we know, anemia has its own set of issues, including fatigue to the point where you may need to be hospitalized and get a blood transfusion. And so it's important for PCOS to be treated to help prevent these downward effects. So those are some of the things, some of the reasons why it is important for PCOS to be diagnosed and to be treated. Now, let's say you've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome and you're discussing with your doctor about your treatment options. Well, you're going to be a part of that discussion on how to treat. Because the treatment will depend on what your reproductive plans are. Mainly, do you want to become pregnant? Do you want to try for pregnancy? Or do you not want to become pregnant? And so we know that for ladies, let's say you do not want to become pregnant. What are your treatment options with polycystic ovarian syndrome? Well, for everyone with PCOS, lifestyle factors are one of the treatment options. So for instance, weight loss. We know that with weight loss, you can see an increase in your cycles. So women who even lose five to 10% in their body weight can see an improvement in their ovarian function. And so weight loss is one of the treatment options for treatment of polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that's both for patients who are pursuing pregnancy and those avoiding pregnancy. Now, this is where the treatment differs for patients depending on what you would like to achieve as far as pregnancy is in the medication that may be offered. So if your doctor decides that, hey, I'd like you, I'm going to recommend for you to take medications as part of your treatment option. In addition to weight loss and lifestyle modification, let's consider some of these treatment options as far as medication. So if you do not want to become pregnant, they're going to offer you very likely birth control pills unless you have some medical reason why you cannot take birth control pills because it's the simplest way to manage polycystic ovarian syndrome. When you take birth control pills, your cycles become regular. You ovulate more regularly. Your cycles are regular. And some birth control pills can also decrease the excess, the 
unwanted hair. And so that becomes the simplest way to treat PCOS in ladies who do not desire to become pregnant. So at that point, the birth control pill are serving two purposes. One, it prevents pregnancy. And two, it's treating a medical condition, polycystic ovarian syndrome. If for some reason you're unable to take the birth control pills, which are a combination of estrogen and progesterone, then your doctor may recommend just progesterone. Progesterone is another hormone. Estrogen and progesterone are both hormones. The estrogen for some patients, so some patients who may have had excessively high blood pressure, certain type of migraines, your doctor may not want you taking estrogen. And so the combination birth control pills, which has both estrogen and progesterone, may not be the best option for you. In that case, your doctor may recommend progesterone, which is a single hormone. And that is also another way to help regulate your period. And this is also very effective, but it's not as effective as the combination birth control pills. And so that is also something to consider. What are some non-hormonal medication options? So one of the issues with PCOS is that you do have an increased risk of diabetes. And so your doctor will likely check to see if you have if you are diabetic or if you're pre-diabetic, also called insulin resistant. And in those patients, some of the medications such as metformin can help reduce your diabetes risk and help to regulate your insulin levels. Now, mind you, it will not regulate your period. So it will offer a partial treatment of your polycystic ovarian syndrome, but not a full treatment of it. And along with that, again, weight loss is also helpful in regulating polycystic ovarian syndrome. So those are the treatment options for ladies who say, hey, I do not want to become pregnant, but I do have polycystic ovarian syndrome. What are my options? So the weight loss or lifestyle modification, the combination birth control pills, the progesterone, which you take monthly to help regulate your period and the pills to help reduce your risk of diabetes, such as metformin, are some of the treatment options. So now let's take a look at the lady who wants to become pregnant. Well, patients with PCOS often experience infertility. Why do they experience infertility? Well, the reason for this is because in order to become pregnant, the ovary has to release an egg. And so if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, the eggs are housed again in these follicles, which are in these cysts. And these cysts have a very thick wall and they are just not releasing, the, allowing the egg to be released as consistently as they should. And so what we see is that for instance, let's say a patient that does not have PCOS, she will have eggs released monthly. And so if you look at how many, at her, how often she, her ovaries release an egg, it will be 12 times in a year. 
So every time that egg is released, there is a possibility of becoming pregnant. And so the sperm has that possibility of encountering that egg and fertilization can occur. Women who has PCOS, they're just not releasing the eggs consistently. So for instance, if you look at a lady with PCOS, over a one-year period, her eggs may be released eight times, six times, four times, one time. It varies and it is inconsistent. And so for patients with PCOS who want to become pregnant, you can become pregnant, but your chances of pregnancy are lower. And therefore, a lot of patients with PCOS experience infertility. Diagnosis of infertility does not mean it is impossible to get pregnant. It just means it is more difficult to get pregnant. And so you may need some help and that is okay. So in patients who would like to become pregnant, who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, again, weight loss, lifestyle modification can help when you lose just 5 to 10% of your weight you can see an improvement in the function of your ovaries. And so your eggs will start being released more consistently and that increases your chance of becoming pregnant. Now, that may not be enough and you may need additional help. So some of the other things you can try are your doctor can give you medications that will encourage egg release from the ovary. It encourages ovulation. And some of the more common ones are, are letrozole and clomid. So those are some of the medications that your doctor may prescribe to encourage that the egg be released from the ovary in order for you to become pregnant. Now, the metformin or the medicine to help reduce your risk of diabetes can also help in regulating your insulin levels that helps you to actually lose weight and not hang on to the weight as much. And that will in turn also help improve your ovarian function. Now, if these things are not successful, your doctor may refer you to an infertility doctor that may offer more intense treatment, such as a more stronger drug, stronger medicines to help your ovaries ovulate. And those are typically injectables. Also, you may choose to do in vitro fertilization, and that's the process where fertilization occurs outside of the body, and then the fertilized egg is then placed into your uterus. So in in vitro fertilization, you go see the infertility specialist. They give you drugs to make your, your ovaries produce lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of eggs. And then you're scheduled for a procedure where you undergo um, what's called an egg retrieval. So the eggs then are retrieved. It's a procedure. It's, it does not involve an incision. It's a non-surgical procedure. The eggs are retrieved and then they're stored, right? And then your partner will provide his sperm and then that fertilization can occur outside of your body in a lab. Once the eggs are fertilized, then you and your doctor decide on transferring the egg into your uterus. That's IVF, in vitro fertilization. So that is also an option for ladies who want to become pregnant. So keep in mind that 
yes, pregnancy is more challenging. It's more difficult for with PCOS, but it's certainly not impossible because you do make eggs. You are ovulating. You're just not ovulating on a consistent basis. So I want to spend a minute to talk to the patient who likes her PCOS. Yes, you know who you are. You like not having a period every month. You like the fact that you don't have to spend all this money buying pads and tampons. So your PCOS may be working for you and your lifestyle. Well, I just want to take a minute for you to consider some of the long-term health consequences of PCOS. Even though you may be happy not getting a period every month or getting it infrequently, there are risks to your health that you are setting yourself up for to encounter down the road. And so we need to keep this in mind, okay, when we're making these decisions. So for instance, endometrial cancer, if your lining of the uterus is not being shed on a regular basis, then you have an increased risk of not just the heavy period that we discussed that can lead to anemia, but you also have an increased risk of developing endometrial cancer. And so that's a very serious condition that is life-threatening. And so it's just not worth it. It's just not worth whatever you are gaining by not having a monthly period. It's not worth getting cancer for later in life. Nothing is worth that. The other thing that untreated PCOS can put you at an increased risk for is diabetes. Diabetes is a lifelong chronic condition. Who wants it? Anybody that can avoid it would prefer to avoid having diabetes. And so treatment of PCOS can reduce your risk of diabetes. And finally, the other condition that you may be at risk for is heart disease. Because patients with PCOS, they can often have abnormal metabolic profiles or lipid profiles. And so treating all of these things helps to reduce your risk of endometrial cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. All of these are very serious medical conditions. So whatever we can do to help reduce the risk of those happening, it's important for us to do that. So if you feel you may have PCOS, speak to your doctor. Speak to your doctor about that and see if you should be evaluated for that and have it diagnosed. And if you are diagnosed, then discuss with your physician your treatment options. It's definitely worth the effort in taking care of your body, taking care of yourself, listening to your body. It's not worth the risk of developing endometrial cancer, diabetes, and heart disease. So that is our take on PCOS. And this is our podcast, Straight Talk with My OBMD. To learn more about PCOS, visit myobmd.org, where you'll find a detailed article on the topic, as well as a video that you can watch. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. 
listen to another episode of Straight Talk with My OBMD Podcast. To learn more about this topic, visit our website at myobmd.org. Subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I can't wait to spend more time with you on our next episode of Straight Talk with My OBMD.